Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott. And once again, Catherine Toniati Yanilovich is joining me on the show. Kat, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing really good. This is, this is great to have the reigning Barbell <laughs> Jeopardy champion on the show all by yourself. You know, like no one else, you know, mix it in there. No one else that you have to destroy by answering all the questions, shattering their dreams of winning big. It's just nice to have you on the show to talk. Again. Thanks. Yeah. Great to be here. Um, less anxiety than Barbell Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you told me, I, I can't remember if you mentioned this on the Barbell Jeopardy show. I don't think so. But you told me when I messaged you early in the morning, hey, do you want to be on Barbell Jeopardy again? That the whole rest of your day was consumed with the need to win. You're just like, I, I need to yeah. win. I need to perform well. I'm going to destroy Murph and Frank. And it was just, it just consumed your whole day. That, that, is that still true? Yeah. When I got the text, I was like, oh no, now I'm going to be like, I was like, I should study up. It's like, I have this just competitive like streak. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If it's like a competition, I have to go all out. I have to like, I have to try to win. There's no, there's no like sandbagging. There's no like uh take it easy. Who cares? It's just fun. I no, <laughs> well, I, I, I've, we've seen it a couple times now on this Barbell Jeopardy and people are afraid to, to come on Barbell Jeopardy now. <laughs> I was talking to Miguel and Shop about it and, and Frank about it and people, people are a little worried now that you Aww. might be un, unbeatable. I mean, I love to win, but I'm not like a jerk when I'm playing. I feel like I, I just, I don't hold anything back. Like... <laughs> No, no, you're, you're very, you're knowledgeable and humble at the same time. You're a good competitor. You know, there's no smack talking. You, you realize that everyone else has zero points or in the (laughs) negative and you try to make them feel good about it. I feel. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't like to, I like to be a gracious winner, but I like to win. And, uh, but my family knows like if, if it's trivia, if it's stuff like that, like, um, I don't know. I'm really good at holding tiny, useless facts in my brain. So no one usually expects to win when they play trivia with me. <laughs> you you and I both. It's the, the, <laughs> it's the little facts that make you happy. Yeah. You know? yep. Do you do you feel any pressure now that you're a two-time champion? You have all these points, which I need to go back to the first episode and the second episode and add up all your points. <laughs> I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do that today. But is there any pressure now to keep the streak alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the last one, I was like, I already won. So I have to like, I have to keep it going. So now that it's two times. It's different. Now the next one will be even more like, you know, now I have something like people expect me to know things and be good. So now it's like, if I don't, then I'm letting people down. And plus I want to win. So yeah. Would you say that your streak, if you were going to compare it to another famous streak, is more like Goldberg's unbeatable streak back in the day in WCW or like the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak? Which do you, which would you compare it to? Oh, boy. Mm, I guess I would compare it more to the Undertaker. Hey, all right. So every, every Barbell Jeopardy episode then is a wrestlemania level event yep that makes sense 
I mean, that, that's the type of competitiveness that's, you're bringing to it. That's, that's how I feel. Like it doesn't matter if it's, if it's barbell jeopardy or just me and Mike playing just the two of us, he knows I'm not going to hold anything back. Um, I'm not casual. Let's just say. No, <laughs> not what well, I hear. I'm interested in this. What type of uh, of a loser are you? Like, how do you react to to losing? Like, let's say Mike gets a win. You know, he he gets the W for the day. You know, um, are there ramifications? Are you a, a gracious loser? Are you going to be one of those ones that flips over the Monopoly board? How does this go? Oh no, I would never flip on a Monopoly board. I know I'm a I'm a gracious loser. I probably would joke a little bit, um, make a joke like at my expense, like. Um, like trying to make a funny excuse, but I, I wouldn't be mad. He wouldn't be in trouble or anything. Okay. I've, <laughs> I've definitely cleared a monopoly board in my time oh, back no. in the day. <laughs> monopoly always ended in, in tears for someone in our house, you know, and I've, I've been on both sides of it. Uh, I can, I can definitely <laughs> feel though, that if you do win, you're going to do what you said, you know, you're going to make mm -hmm. a joke and all that stuff. But then you're also plotting the downfall of the person who beat you for the next time. I feel like you're a more cerebral competitor, you know, like you're going to be thinking about, okay, you got me this time. I, I need to brush up on this particular aspect of the game and I'm going to come back and I'm going to beat you even worse next time. Oh yeah. If like, let's say I lost an episode, I would be like, oh, we're doing it. Okay, well, I'm going to spend the next six hours literally reading everything I can on every subject just in case it will show up. Yeah, just random strength and conditioning, barbell, bodybuilding, CrossFit, strongman oh, yeah. facts. Yep. You're going to watch, you know, all the documentaries that are out there on strongman and powerlifting. Yeah. I, I think with the strongman stuff, I, I know so much, like I'm thinking, oh, what if he talks about this? I sometimes I it's like, there's no chance he's going to talk about that because that's so far in the weeds of Strongman. He probably couldn't even look that fact up if he if he already knew the fact existed. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like for Strongman, I'm on the far periphery. Like, I'm just like, I'm on Google. I'm on Googling yeah. Strongman and facts and history. And then mm -hmm. I'm like debating with myself. I'm like, well, no one's going to know this. Like, like Kat might, Kat might know it, but like, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's tough. What, what's, what's an obscure fact that I probably wouldn't know and it could have been a potential quiz question that maybe you're like I wonder if he's gonna ask this um one of the ones I was thinking of was um they used to do arm wrestling and in one of the arm wrestlings in 1995 um Magnus Samuelson broke someone's arm in the actual competition so uh, I know Magnus broke someone's arm. I know whose arm he broke. He broke Nathan Jones, his arm. And I know the year, 1995. So that was his debut year in World's Strongest Man. That that would have been a uh, a cool, cool yeah. barbell jeopardy question. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe it'll make a, a resurgence. <laughs> and now, you know, if uh if now everyone Frank knows Murph, you know, if everyone's listening, you know, yeah. Shaf Miguel, there'll be maybe a fighting chance for that one. A little arm wrestling question. Yeah. Now, well, I will have to say, you know, with the with Barbell Jeopardy, the the other underlying goal of that is just to have it be like educational, you know, like mm -hmm. you can yeah. listen and maybe like try to play along or at least you'll learn a cool fact about something that yeah. you enjoy to do. So, so far, it's it's been fun. I think um, 
you know, you guys gave me a lot of feedback on how to make it even better. So we'll mm-hmm. definitely have to have a round three coming up. And I'll, we'll put this out there. If anyone listening wants to try their hand at Barbell Jeopardy and challenge the champ, uh, you can certainly do that. Kat, do you want to cut any kind of promo right now on future okay. competitors? Any words for them? Any, you know, any, even encouragement? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I don't really, I don't really like to smack talk people, but I will say you should come and play me because it will be fun. I will be super nice. And, you know, I will be super nice when I beat you. It's cool. <laughs> there we go. It'll be, su- <laughs> it'll be, I'll be nice. You'll have fun. It'll be a good time. It'll fun. be a great evening. You'll learn, you know, you, know, and, you won't win, you know, but it's all right. You won't win. No, you won't, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can see like, like your ear to ear smile while you're saying that. I'm like, it's okay. You know, you'll cry after, like when we get off of zoom, you know, you'll shed a tear, but it'll, it'll be okay. You know? You'll have me hand me help me get my third championship. <laughs> I feel like I could see it. They'd be like, "Oh, she thinks she's gonna win so much," but part of it's that, but part of it's also like nervous smile, like, "Oh, damn, I better back it up. Better not yeah. lose." <laughs> I was I was kind of hoping maybe at uh, at some point in there you'd say like Goldberg, you'd go like, "You're next," you know, his old. <sighs> I gotta be honest, I did not watch Goldberg era too much. No, you didn't. Oh, so I don't. Know. Oh man, I just. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the old WCW. I used to watch that all the time. The Monday Night Wars when they were going back and forth with Raw. Yeah. I don't uh yeah, I don't really his era, I didn't really watch it, so I don't know too much about him. I'm trying yeah. to think if there's any other catchphrase. Yeah. Well, you right real, now. Real quick, um I recently discovered that, you know, speaking of the Undertaker and undefeated streaks, that not too long ago they ended his streak. They did, yeah. They did. What, I don't know. What do you think about that? I kind of feel like they should just let it go and have it be that he never lost, you know? Yeah. Wait, I'm going to ask Mike right now, my husband. Oh, he's who broke the Undertaker streak? Wait, do you know? Yep. Brock oh. Lesnar. Oh, I knew it. I was like, it was Brock Lesnar, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I just, they picked a horrible person to end that streak. I just hate Brock Lesnar for some reason. I'm, I'm sorry. Brock Lesnar, I hope you're not watching this. If it Brock Lesnar, if you want to come on Barbell Jeopardy and set this right, yes, we can make that Brock Lesnar come at me. We should have a WWE for trivia on the next Barbell Jeopardy. That would be fun. I know a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's it's. I feel like it's fringe strength sport and all that stuff because they bodybuild, they strength train, Mm -hmm. they. They do yeah. weightlifting and powerlifting and stuff like that. And they're strong guys. And, you know, I, I feel like it could fit somehow. We'll make it work. It's it's definitely a physical sport and being strong, I think, is. And certainly they come and lift barbells. I mean, they've come to CrossFit to do barbells. And some of yeah. them are avid CrossFitters or. Yeah, they can. Yeah, a lot of them do do CrossFit. It's mainly how they train. And, you know, they visited our gym before and done weightlifting. You know, I've seen John Cena snatch in our gym. Seth yeah. Rollins doing cleans and met cons and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm issuing an official trivia challenge to Brock Lesnar. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> Let's do that. I want to get, Oh, if I was really good at uh, Photoshop and stuff, maybe I can make it work. Get a picture of you with like the side fist up pose 
and then yeah. we'll edit Brock Lesnar in there and put a, <laughs> a a Jeopardy background. So it's like very confusing. Like people are like, wait a minute, is this a fight or is this a, a trivia show or is it both? <laughs> and then we'll tag, we'll tag Brock Lesnar in it and see if he wants to come on. Oh God, that would be amazing. Watch him just be an absolute like student of like barbell history and strength mm-hmm. sports and everything like that. And he's just crushing it. Like, like you just don't really know that like he just knows all that stuff. He could be. Who's like, have you ever heard John, John Cena? I feel like he's a guy who what I didn't know anything about him. And then when you hear him talks, like that guy, he's kind of, he's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does. He does sound very intelligent when he, when he speaks most, most yeah. of them do, you know, I think, I think it's kind of funny, you know, they play their act so well, mm-hmm. yeah. some of them that you wouldn't think that they'd be like this very educated person just because mm-hmm. of the persona they put on in the ring, but that's all yeah. part of the craft. It sh- shows that they're doing a good job. Yeah, for sure. We, I used to watch um, that show total Bellas uh because i was like watching wwe and it was like fun to like see like the behind the scenes things it was like kind of cool and he would be on there and i would just be like damn john cena unlikely voice of reason like always acting like the adult in the room in the situation (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) like i was like i didn't i didn't see that but i'm like okay this is who he really is it was just like a drama show it's like a reality show, like um, oh, okay. the Bella Twins and like all like the women. Or wait, no, it was called. What's it called? Total Divas. Total Divas. Oh, all it right. was about the divas. So Total Bellas is the other one. That's Total the, Divas. That's the best name for a show ever, right there. Total Divas. Yeah, it was all about the the women of the WWE and like the behind the scenes stuff. So it was like a reality show. But Nikki was dating John, and that's why he was even on there. I'm like, oh. I see okay this guy's like super smart and acting like the most mature person in the room at all times the the only like wwe reality show i ever remember was uh tough enough remember tough enough oh i totally watched that and there is strongman trivia linked to that too really oh well hey spill the beans Okay, I don't know what season it was. I think it was season one. They went to Iceland to do something and Halti Arneson was there and took them through some kind of workout. And I was like, oh my God, he was a strong man. And he competed with John Paul Sigmerson, who was four-time champ, my favorite. And I'm like, holy crap. That's awesome. It was crazy. When I saw that, I was like, I was... See, that's just proof that the the two worlds collide, you know, and they they blend that these guys go around and probably do some feats of strength, you know, because they're all obviously very strong. I mean, if you can, if you can pick up a guy like the big show, you got to be pretty strong, even though he's helping you, you know, there's, there's, there's technique to it, but you still got to be pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, they help you. Yeah. They help a little bit, but like, you still have to, I mean, they help get in the position, but then you still have to do the move, I feel like. Yeah, you got to do it. It's, it's not, it's definitely, strength is is definitely king, I think, still in WWE. I like to watch the big guys. Yeah, That's... the big guys are fun. You know, your Kings, your Undertakers, your big shows, your Mark Henrys. I was watching an yeah. old match of Mark Henry on uh, SmackDown last night. They did a, a, a big battle royal. 41-man battle royal was like the biggest in history at the time because it was the 
Was uh, that like, at the Saudi Arabia King of? Or uh, this... No, it was just on regular SmackDown. It, it's um, oh. they had just achieved some big benchmark of being the most longest running show on television besides um, uh, Raw, or having the most shows air weekly, something oh, like that. Because okay. they they do it three three sixty five every week, and they did a, a forty one man battle royal. The winner of that got to go on to face Mark Henry in the end for the championship and it ended up being spoilers seven years later, uh, Randy <laughs> Orton versus Mark Henry and Mark Henry, man, he is just like, he just is, he looks like he's just so strong and so fit looking like he's a big guy, but like, and, and he, he looks fit in a different way than like, like your top CrossFitters and stuff like that. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff he's doing, you're like, he's fast he's flexible he's you know flipping around yeah and then he just throws people around like rag dolls it's just amazing to watch him work it's incredible yeah any of the big guys who also do like the gymnastics stuff it's it's crazy it's awesome to see um I'm trying to think who i can't place there's there's someone there's somebody new who he's bigger and he does oh it's biggie maybe not biggie um, is Sorry, my husband's over here. He's trying to think. He knows it all. He's like, big guy that does flips uh, and stuff? <laughs> he can't think of it either. <laughs> well, I, I was just talking about this with Frank on, on the last show. There's, um, I forgot his name already, but there, he's in the New Day. And he has pancakes and stuff like that. And Is it Kofi? No, not Kofi. He's one of his, his teammates. Xavier? Uh, I don't think it's Kofi and Big E. I, I, I think it's Big E. Used, yes it used to be <laughs> it used to be there wait are you up on the new stuff because i believe biggie's on his own now oh no they kicked out biggie they didn't kick him out i don't know they, they just separated him in the draft they did the draft you know the oh, he got drafted okay. to like raw and the other two had to stay on smackdown so they kind of broke the group up Oh, that's lame. I hate when they first started doing that draft stuff. For no damn reason. I know. that's. I stopped watching around when the first draft stuff happened. And yeah. I was like, well, this is lame. They just broke up Edge and Christian or the Hardy Boys. And mm-hmm. I understand it works out sometimes. It certainly worked out with, let's say, Edge and Christian. But like the Hardy Boys, I never got into them individually. You know, I just didn't yeah. work for me. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, the New Day, it was awesome. And when they were, like, the Usos, when they were fighting them, those two teams together, it was just, like, it was everything. It was, like, strength stuff. It was, like, flip it flips. It was, I don't know, it was just, it had it all, kind of. No, it, it, they were amazing. They're super entertaining, especially in, like, the Royal Rumble, where every time Kofi gets eliminated, he does a handstand oh, yeah. around the ring. He's hopping on one foot you know, his teammates are carrying him or he'll hop onto someone's back and get back in the ring or use a chair to pogo stick back in. It's, yep. it's, it's, um, it's really cool to see the creativity there. I'm like, and really that I found more entertaining than some entire war rumble matches. I'm like, just keep this guy in there. Yes. I'm like watching it. And I like, I want to see the tricks because that's funny and that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was it was always lame on on some of them because I've been watching them, you know, all, all like a lot of past years on YouTube. He'll do an amazing trick to get back in, and then mm-hmm. immediately get eliminated. I hate and when like, they do that. Yeah, it's like uh, like some like sometimes the way they plan these things, it's like it's it's dumb, you know. Like someone comes in 
and they don't use their finishing move. And, mm-hmm. but it's someone that everyone wants to see do their finishing move and they just get eliminated right away. Or they bring in like a legend and they're only in there for like 30 seconds. Like sometimes yeah. it makes sense. I know, I know when they had like um, uh, Jimmy Super, Superfly Snooker, when he was in there, it was a little awkward, you know, mm-hmm. he's like really, really old and it doesn't really seem like he knows what's going on in there. But there's other people that it's like, well, hey, keep keep them in there. Like Kurt Angle came out once and they're like, oh, my God, Kurt Angle's back. He's a legend. He's coming in. I would have liked to have seen him in there for at least five minutes, you know, not yeah. 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I hate when they do that, but I don't know. Maybe it's with some of them. Maybe it's just sort of like, listen, I got one move in me. Get rid of me after that. True. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like Kurt Angle, I feel like I suppose he could be like if he's injured or something, or I don't know. Yeah. Like he's had quite a few injuries to be like, listen, a couple of moves and then Yeah, I don't think we as fans, or at least me, like when you're in the moment watching it, you don't realize mm-hmm. how how gassed some of them can get pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you need other guys to start carrying you throughout the match because you're just like you're winded and you're like, Man, I don't I don't have a whole lot of stamina left in me. And then it's it's probably just like you whisper in some guy's ear, hey, throw me over the rope. I'm out. You yeah. know? I wonder yeah. how much of that was is planned versus how much of it is, you know, like, hey, when you're ready to come out, just tell someone you're not going to mm-hmm. win, but, you know, and you're not going to eliminate anybody. So just be in here, work it up, you know, do what you can, do some cool tricks for the crowd. And then when you're ready, tell someone and they'll throw you out. Yeah, I feel like most of it, maybe it's not planned down to like the exact time or move that's going to eliminate them, but it's like, they know they're not like whoever's going to be like the last five. It's like, Oh, this is like, these are going to be the last five and everyone else. Maybe it's a little bit. Yeah. Not hundred percent planned, but I kind of think Vince keeps a tight leash rain on things. I, I would, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. I, would imagine. I, I feel like it's like, do what I say or face the or, consequences or you'll never work in this business <laughs> yeah. again, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I'll bench you or I'll give you squash matches. Yeah. There you go. You'll just move down the card. You'll work some dark matches and eventually you'll just be released. Yeah. The worst is when you'll see like an amazing match versus two people and it's like incredible. And it's like hour and a half. And then the next match they do, it's like, one f5 and they're gone like what yeah yeah how did they put up that huge epic battle before <laughs> like they just like but like kofi did something he like won like it was like last man standing or like he won like seven matches like in a row to get a spot and then it was an epic battle like he wins the championship and then he fights brock lesnar one f5 and he's done that's lame i'm like what he survived like two hours with like seven guys yeah. and, and he gets off in one move. That's no. why cat you need, that's just that shows us right there. Why you need to destroy Brock Lesnar in barbell <laughs> right. jeopardy, because I, I don't agree with that. I, I never, I didn't see that match, but it's like, that's just lame. You know, like, why would you not? I, I would yeah. just let Kofi beat him. Like, like that'd be more exciting because yeah. everyone assumes Brock's going to win. And I don't really, yeah, I don't really think Brock Lesnar is that exciting, you know, myself either. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe it's not necessarily like Brock making the decision, but just like they want to show like, 
oh, the F5 is so powerful. Like it isn't no. <laughs> like yeah. we already know you can't suspend disbelief. And yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, Brock. Maybe it's unfair, but uh, they should have had Mick Foley down like... the streak. Like they should have brought him back. They should have done another Hell in a Cell. And this time he throws the Undertaker off and wins. How about that? How about have it go full circle? That I would prefer that. Yeah. And then that. it's like, it's like, all right, I can, I can respect that Mick, Mick Foley was the one to finally do it, you know? And like, yeah. I think that would have been better, but it's like Brock Lesnar is like, did you guys pull this out of a hat? You know? And, mm-hmm. and I think Brock Lesnar doesn't have like the, the charisma, the, the career, the weight behind him to like mm-hmm. hold that up and, and everyone's just going to be upset. But I would be much less upset if it was like Austin or like, or Mick Foley or someone like that. Yeah. Where it means it means something. Even have Kane do it, you know, have his have, yeah. have his quote unquote brother do it. I think that would have been better. As opposed yeah, to trying sure. to like maybe try to have people like Brock Lesnar or give him a push or something. It's like it didn't work before. Maybe it did. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's like you could do that in other ways. Yeah, the other way it's kind of like, well, this is like a 30 year storyline. Like it's all coming together now, right? Yeah. The other, it just kind of seems like it just kind of was like, you know, it doesn't really fit, but you kind of like trying to make it fit, you know? Yeah. And plus the other thing with, with Brock is like, he's not like a full timer. He like, he shows up every once in a while, or at least at the time he was like, oh, yeah, that's what makes like it every worse. Once yeah. In a while. I'm like, you know, he's the highest paid guy there. He's not working as much. I mean, maybe he paid his dues earlier, but. In my view, I'm like, man, these other guys are working so hard. They're just yeah. like destroying their bodies like every day. Just like I can't even imagine, you know, how they must feel after like they wrestle on Monday and then they do all the live shows all week traveling and they're not getting the shot at it. it just it hurts my sensibilities. Yeah, could have had Coffee Kingston do it, you know, uh, like any, any anything, you know, like look at that but, poor, what poor Kurt Hawkins had to go through. Oh God. <laughs> the peanut gallery over here is talking about Kurt Hawkins. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I'm. I'm he I'm not had like I don't know a 100 and 0 streak, and I feel like he's not a bad wrestler. They just it was like I don't know what he did to piss Vince off, but like they just made him lose every match. Oh, oh, I did hear about him. Okay, yeah, he yeah. ran into one of the war- Royal Rumble. Traveled with everybody. Get yeah, all the work. But Kofi, I feel like people don't give him, like, he's a really good wrestler. And I feel like sometimes because he's in a group, people don't see how good he is on his own, but he was quite good. Yeah. Man. Well, I guess we know what we're doing the whole rest of the day. We're going to be YouTubing wrestling matches. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's fun to get back into it just to let the mind relax and, and watch these people do their thing. And I feel like when you, when, when you know some of the behind the scenes stuff, you can enjoy it in a different way. Like when you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, this is real and whatnot. Now, you know, it's, it's not real, mm-hmm. but you can appreciate the level of work that goes into it with the training they have to do and the traveling yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like coming outcome, back from injuries. Yeah. The outcomes aren't real, but everything else, the training, the physicality, the, you know, you have to execute when it needs to be executed. Yeah. That stuff's very real. It's much respect. Yeah, it, and it, it and it takes time, just like yeah. just like training for a barbell sport. Yep. You know, it it takes yep. time. 
you have to get the right technique down. You have to get the timing down. You're working with not another person necessarily. You're working with a, a barbell or a dumbbell or a stone mm -hmm. or something like that. Yep. And you're just going to have to take the bumps along the way on the road. And I know you've experienced that before oh, you yes. came back to the barbell club, you had a little bit of an injury, right? Mm -hmm. And now that injury has improved. So what, what was for people who don't know the specific injury and now we've moved past it pretty much, right? Yeah. I mean, I won't say I'm a hundred percent. Um, I'm still working every day to keep it at a level where I can function, but the level I'm at now is, you know, I'm at like 95% versus I feel like when I realized I have to stop lifting, I was maybe at like, I don't know, 50% <laughs> normalcy. Like I could walk and I could sit, but I couldn't do it for very long. I couldn't lay down in bed without pain. Um, I would literally, I would sit on the couch cause that was more comfortable. And then, you know, if my husband was like, Hey, let's go like watch a movie in bed and whatever. I'd be like, like the thought of that was like oh, laying down, like to watch something, like just even going to sleep, like laying down, like I want to go to sleep as late as possible because I don't want to experience the pain of laying down. Wow. Really? That's oh, how now, bad it was. The, and this was hip low back pain, right? Yeah, this was low back pain for sure. Um, so the injury was I had two herniated discs, um, L5, S1, and then L3, L4. And I pushed through small amounts of discomfort and pain probably for not probably, but for two years, I pushed through. It started off as just feeling like i hurt my hamstring. I strained my hamstring. It was like deep muscle pain in my hamstring. And I treated it like a muscle strain. I took some time. I took like a couple weeks off and I was like, oh, well, it's not better, but nationals is coming up. So pedal to the metal, push yep. through. Gotta be ready. <laughs> no pain, no gain. So I pushed through, I did nationals and then I qualified for pro women's worlds. And then I'm like, well, can't take the foot off the gas now. You know, it hurts, but it like doesn't hurt that bad. Like at that point I could still kind of sleep at night. So I was like, push harder, push harder, got to do it. When will you get the chance to do this again? Maybe never. So I kept my foot on the gas for two years, you know, and then I did world's strongest woman in 2019. It was um, official strongman games. I qualified for that through an online qualifier. And I was like, well, not missing this. So. Yeah. I think that's a fair, a fair statement. You know, you might yeah. not ever get the chance to do this again. Like how, how do you know, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, and now looking at it, had you have skipped some of those things, we'll look at where competitions are at right now. You know, you, they're a yeah. the strong man and a strong woman. It, part of me is like kind of no, no regrets a little bit. Um, Cause essentially like, I'm okay. I didn't do anything that's going to permanently hurt me. Um, and like when I qualified for official strongman games, like I didn't really think I was going to be able to, to qualify, but I earned the spot and I'm like, hell, if I come in last, I don't care. I went and I'll learn something. I'll see the best in the world and I'll give it everything I, I got. So it was, it was worth it. 
but um, about, I would say six months after that is when I basically just stopped lifting. I didn't like literally nothing. I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do an air squat without I, I pain. Oh, let's go back a little bit. I think that's a pretty cool thing you said. You know, I think some yeah. people might look at it differently. Whereas, okay, you, you qualify for world's strongest woman. You want to go to this big event. Mm-hmm. But maybe someone who qualifies for like, well, I'm not going to win. I'm going to be last. So I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. And it was just good enough to qualify. But I think qualifying and then actually going and stepping on the field of battle is the two completely different things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't look yeah. at it like, well, you qualified. That means you could have gone. And it's the same thing as if you went and you were last place, you know, like showing up you've already beaten everyone who decided not to take that step and who did qualify, but didn't show Mm -hmm. up. So I I think it's, um, there's definitely more value. Like you said, you're going to go, you're going to learn something Mm -hmm. and people should, should do that. If you qualify for things, even if if your numbers, when you compare to other people, which maybe you shouldn't, aren't going to be on par. It's like, you should still go. And you also never Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. You know, like, crazy crazy things have happened you never know like you you might have your breakout day or someone else might not have their best day which that's not your fault that's competition everyone's supposed to be bringing it and you could do better than than you think and but you'll never know if you don't show up Mm -hmm. yeah I mean people make mistakes and um you can never you can never count yourself out I think even if like maybe you don't have the numbers to win um you might have a real one really good event that maybe doesn't put you close to the podium, but it's worth it just to win an event or get top three in an event. Um, I, I, the, when I went to nationals in 2016, it was, I didn't have this injury or anything, but it was shortly after ankle surgery. It was six months after ankle surgery. And I went into that being like, oh, I'm not even near the top. Just, you know, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to learn. I'm just going to, you know, do it. Um, and I ended up top 10. I came in eighth in my weight class and I qualified for the Arnold. And if I had just said, oh, well, I'm not going to win. All these girls are better. I never would have achieved that. And I never would have had the experience of going to the Arnold. So I've, I've definitely had it on that where I had an amazing, I had an amazing day and maybe some people tripped up. I don't know. Um, maybe everybody had a good day and I still came eighth, but if I had just counted myself totally out, I never would have, you know, I never would have done that. And I never would have gone to go to the Arnold, which was another experience that I'd never thought I would be good enough to, to qualify for, but yeah, that that's huge. I mean, you've got nothing to lose but everything mm-hmm. to gain. It's kind of like yeah. when, you know, I, I'm talking to people, I'm like, hey, there's a weightlifting meet coming up and they've never mm-hmm. done a weightlifting meet before. And like, well, I don't want to do this meet until I can win or until I can yeah. lift X weight. And it's like, no, no, you just need to, you need to gain experience. You need to do this. And you never know what's going to happen. You might like, we might decide to go for a PR and you get that lift you've been struggling with in the gym, or mm-hmm. you might meet someone, you know, you might meet someone and eventually uh, a couple of years later, you're married to them or a year later, you're married. Like yeah. you never know what's going to happen if yeah. you don't get out there and do the thing. If you're always just in your gym, no opportunities other than like the event coming up and you knowing about it are going to mm-hmm. pop up in your gym. 
more uh, some may but like not like this when you're out there mixing it up with new people and a community yeah yeah I mean the attitude of like I don't want to do it unless I can win uh if I would ever talk to a strongman athlete I would just be like no that is the wrong attitude because first of all you never know if you're going to win anyway because what you do in your gym doesn't mean anything if you can't do it at the minute you need to perform when that pressure's on you, it's a totally different thing. So you can never know if you're going to win. Second thing is if you never do it, you never learn. The more time you have in that experience of competition where there's a clock on you and you have to go right now and the equipment's different, all this different stuff, the more you experience that, the better you become because the less, you know, it's like the less you worry about certain things because you've done them so many times, you know, it's, it's a different experience when you're in the competition versus when you're in the gym and you learn things you necessarily couldn't on your own. Yeah. And that's kind of an intrinsic, it's, it's, it's something it's almost intangible that experience. Like you can't do it unless you just compete. Well, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're at a, let's say a strongman event where there's mm -hmm. a lot of nuance to all of, the, the, mm -hmm. the events that you're going to do. If you're someone who's waiting until you have this certain ability to go. And like you said, you're not getting the experience of just going. Well, yeah. then the person that's been showing up and getting last place every single time, yeah. they're learning all the little nuances. They're learning, okay, I have to grip that implement just mm -hmm. so, so correctly to be able to do this. Cause last time I couldn't pick it up, but then I learned from another competitor Oh, yep. I got to get my knuckles in this position. And it maybe you don't train with that implement, but it's the same mm -hmm. one, same event the year later. Now, now, you know, okay, I messed up on that. It's, you, you got to get burned by the fire to, to know not yeah. to put your hand in it sometimes. And you have to mix it up and gain that experience. Like you said, it's such an yeah. important thing. And yeah, then you're, you are winning. It was worth it. It was worth the entry, right. entry fee to go and gain that experience and it'll carry over into your gym training too. You'll be mm -hmm. a different competitor or a different athlete training in the gym, having come off of that. And if you've never done it before, well, now you might feel more like a weightlifter or a strong man yeah. or strong woman or powerlifter. And that changes your mindset in the gym as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much you can learn from competition um, that will make your training when you come back much better. And there's techniques, like I've gone to competitions and I've been like, wow, I never thought about doing it like that. I was taught a different way. And then I try that. I talk to them, they teach me a little bit and then I can bring that back. And I've, I did that with keg press. <laughs> I learned from a competitor at a show um, just seeing him do it. And then I took it back and now it, it, my keg press went way up because that was a better method. And I never would have seen it if I hadn't gone to a competition. What, what was the method? So it's actually like to keep the keg upright when you uh, place it on your thigh before you kind of tip it end over end to get on your shoulder. Oh, so you're not going to lay it flat. Yeah. You don't lay it flat on your, on your, thighs before rolling it up some people do that and it's better for them and their body type but for me tipping it end over end um that was by far I mean I would say 
I doubled my keg press. Wow. <laughs> well, even just thinking about it now, like I know in the past <clears throat> I've struggled with keg press mm -hmm. or just like keg over like a bar or something like that, because it's hard to get my arms around those, those two ends to grip it. So when it's it, laying flat, if you just tip over the keg and shake it back and forth to level out the sand, deadlift it to your thighs and then try to hug it that way. Well, holy crap. Like this, like even just thinking about it, I'm like, why, why yeah. didn't I think of that in the moment? Like way back when I was trying to lift a keg and failing time after time, it would have been so much easier to keep it upright and bear hug it and then stand up and put it over the, the bar. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was teaching it to my husband. That was another reason he couldn't do that. And he has very short arms. Um, so the end of our end was so much better for him and for shorter people, I think I'm not sure it just, for some reason, it's much better for me, but like for shorter people, like, oh my God, I think that that method is like so valuable and you might not even, you might not know it if you don't go to a competition and there's no. like, there's hundreds that's, of different little things like that, that you'll Yeah. Learn. That's see that right there. That's amazing. Like that makes me want to bust out the kegs <laughs> now and try and try it. But it's, um, if you'll I'm probably like, see it, if you go onto my Instagram, you'll probably, you'll see some of it. I think I did a couple of videos <laughs> no, or I can that, send you, I can send you a video. Yeah. Send me, send me the video. I mean, that that's just amazing. It's like, literally you don't think of things unless mm -hmm. you see someone else do it sometimes. You know, I, I never, ever in a million years would have thought that, I put it up, up, put it upright and I can lift it that way. Yeah. But I just wasn't taught that way. You know, like, right. Like, like back, back in the day I was taught to lay it flat. So I would just, that's how default, I was taught. Yeah. Just default to that every time. Yep. And I think it's like, it makes you wonder too. It's like, sometimes you got to innovate a little bit. You got to think outside the box. Yep. If you, if you run into a wall, well, this is a puzzle now. How, how do I, I do this? Whether it be an implement like yeah. the keg, it could be a movement like the snatch. Like we're always mm -hmm. trying to figure out the puzzle yeah. of our own technique on the snatch. How do I get this thing from the ground yeah. overhead as efficiently as possible for me? And that yeah. might be different for someone else, but you go to a meet, you see someone with a different foot stance, a different grip mm -hmm. width or technique. You're like, well, hey, well, let me try that. And then it works. And then you talk yeah. to that person, right? You should talk to people yep. at these local competitions and learn insight from them. No, yeah. I think that's a, a great message and it, it, and yeah. hopefully that helps someone because it's, it's a big pet peeve of mine when I hear people say, well, I'm not, I'm not ready for it yet. It's like, no, no, no. If you've never done it before, you're if ready you, right now. One thing I've learned in Strongman, if you wait till you're ready, you will never be ready. You will never feel ready ever. So you'll no. be waiting forever. So yeah, it's the um, same in the same in weightlifting. Yeah. I think it's the same in, in anything, right? Yeah. It's the same, same in anything. You now I'll, I'll just do. jump into anything. I did a Highland games once. I think I did like two practices and I was like, heck I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. You gotta um, put yourself out there. You gotta be willing, willing to fail. Yeah. And then you go and then all like, everyone's sort of like, let me show you the best way to get this caber. Like everyone's like, Oh, let me, everyone's like, everyone's ready to be like your coach. And it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, no worries. Like, People aren't jerks. People are nice. Yeah. You know? Well, let's talk about the Highland Games a little bit. <laughs> so you have to wear a kilt for the Highland Games, right? You do, yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah. So what 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 events did you do at this competition? Um, I think 
there's nine events overall. So the ones that this, um, there's usually a Braemar stone, which is like a very heavy stone that you, you basically put it um, without moving your body. So you just, you stand and you kind of throw. Um, then there's um, like a, like a basketball toss, like, like, like a chess pass, you pick it up and throw it forward. Yeah, there's something called the trig. It's it, it's like a piece of wood and you're not allowed to step over it. And you're like behind the trig and you kind of, that's where it starts and you kind of try to throw it as far as you can. Okay. And then there's a, there's a lighter stone. I don't know if it has a special name, but the, oh, I think it's called open stone maybe. That's where you can like spin. It's more like actual like shot put, but not, not quite. Um, but you can actually spin. And then as long as you stay behind the trig line and then you throw it, it's, it's lighter than the Braemar and you usually throw it farther. Okay. So you kind of like spin and throw a lot of technique. It's, it's, it's like what <laughs> shot put evolved from, you know, it's like, yes. Yeah. It was like pre shot put, like this was like the, the old way. And then yeah, shot puts probably an, an, um, an off shooter evolved from that. All right, cool. Um, then there's um, heavy weight for distance and lightweight for distance. And it's basically just a weight on a chain and you basically spin and throw. So a lot of throwing in the Highland games. It's throwing, it's very, I think Olympic, um, well, weightlifters in general, I think are good because I feel like they're very dynamic athletes. It's, um, and you have to get into certain positions like brute strength. I mean, strength helps certainly but technique like you have to have your hips in the right position you have to have your hand in the right position you have to release at the right time i mean i'm still like such novice at it um even though i've done like i've done like five or six of them but like i'm nothing compared to like the best um like technique wise like it's just it's very technique heavy um events and very special it's like it's it's nothing I feel like you, I don't know. It's nothing I feel like you can naturally be good at. You just have to really like drill practice on the it. technique. Yeah, practice, practice, practice. So Highland Games is kind of like, it's not strongman, but it's no. closely related. It's I, like, it's like a cousin. It's like, like, like where do the, do these sports yeah. have any overlap in event or are they just two completely different types of strength sport? They are, I think, two completely different. I mean, I would say they can overlap sometimes because like stone lifting is like the oldest strength kind of sport. And while there's no real stone lifting in Highland Games, I feel like like Iceland, like Iceland, like the manhood stones there. I think there's like in Scotland, there's like the Denny stones and there's lots of different stones like for lifting. And in Spain, I think they have the Basque stones. So I think stone lifting goes back. So all these sports kind of have a little bit of stone lifting, but I think Highland games kind of evolved away from like brute strength kind of stuff and more towards like dynamic throwing um, type things because there's also a hammer throw, a heavy hammer and light hammer where you spin the hammer around and then throw. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> Well, so this sounds like a good alternative for someone who's like, okay, maybe like, you know, you're training for strong man, but like the weights are so heavy, you mm -hmm. know, but like you can go to this and the weights will still be heavy, but it's more technique based. So it just seems like a good, like another good, you know, opportunity for someone to be able to do 
some kind of a strength sport, but maybe you're not good at one. It's like, you're not good at powerlifting, but you're good at weightlifting or you're not good at weightlifting, but you're good at powerlifting. You can kind of go and funnel into something that kind of fits your build and fits your abilities. Yeah. I think here, um, like the weights are quite light, like heavy. I think like weight for distance, I think for women, I think the heavy, it's like 24 pounds or is it 42 pounds? Maybe it's 42. And you're trying to throw that. You're throwing that. Right. So like, it's not heavy. Like it's not hard. I think on the body, at least comparatively, when I think of strongman, um, it's something I think that's accessible to more athletes. Um, just because like the weights that you have to lift, it's not like very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very fun, but it's technique and you do need to be strong. So like weightlifting, powerlifting, all these things can carry over and help um, you throw things further. But um, you do need, you do need a little bit of the technique. That would be cool well, to find the technique. in the summer, like yeah. a, a Highland Games, you know, competition and take a bunch of people from the barbell club out to go go do that yeah and then we can all get kilts where, where can you find a kilt <laughs> um i got i think like sportkilt.com oh they actually have a website i don't know if that's the actual website but like sport kilt is like the brand so if you like put sport kilt into there you can yeah it's they're like it like velcros on oh okay all right so if velcros it's, it's, on it's made wear, for sport like it's made so that like you know you can move and do sport in it and, and you wear athletic pants and underwear underneath it you're not going yes. like braveheart yeah. style where there's nothing underneath the kilt you will be spinning and throwing if you do not wear something under it everyone will see your bits so. oh my goodness all right so you gotta keep family friendly <laughs> yeah unless that's your strategy to, to to get in the minds of your competitors by not wearing anything underneath it i could but it's see probably illegal i could see some like people like wearing like a thong underneath it or it's like you're covered but you're not oh my gosh all right. I've never seen that, but I could, I could imagine some people doing that. Um, but actually there's more events. So there's also weight over bar. Ooh, okay. Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So they do it at the Arnold classic for strongman weight over bar. Um, I think sometimes you do keg over bar. That was certainly borrowed from this. Highlight. Oh, that's the one where you, you're, you're standing with your back to the bar and it's up yes. high in the air. And then so it's you kind of, Yep, yep. You swing it between your legs and then throw it up over your head. Yep. Yep. Great. Because when I see, I was taught um, by two Highland games people. Um, I don't know if you know, Jason Von Guinness and yep, I know him. Carl Lewandowski. Yep. Those were the two guys who did Highland games, but they also did like powerlifting and strongman and um, weightlifting, but like Highland games was like their thing. Like that was like their main um, where strong win was my main sport and I did Highland games cause it was fun and friends and I was a little bit good at it, but, um, weight over bar. I always think people think it's a kettlebell swing and like these guys were like, it's not a kettlebell swing. It's more like a snatch. It's more like, like a, like, so in that way, I like, I kind of like relate this to weightlifting. I'm like, if you're good at weightlifting, maybe you'd be good at weight over bar. Hey, you know who I think would be great at that event yeah miguel yeah i i think he'd be great at that that weight over the bar just because he's just got that fast powerful extension on his snatches Mm -hmm. i think i think he'd be really good at it yeah i bet i bet that would be his favorite event if he did uh 
Yeah, I, that's I, my I, it's my favorite. Weight over bar is my favorite. Second favorite is Caber. Caber, I, I think it, it it'd be a cool goal for 2021 yeah. to do at least one strength sport competition for as many strength sports as possible. Like do one weightlifting meet, one powerlifting meet, mm -hmm. one strongman event, one Highland yeah. Games event. I think that'd be a really cool goal for 2021. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people in the club have like weightlifting specific goals, but mm -hmm. I, I know like last year I was, uh, you know, like going down the rabbit hole of, of doing some strongman training. And then that one competition that I wanted to do got canceled. Um, and I think it was in what, October or September. Yeah, it was that one in, in Buffalo. Yeah. And I had a bunch of other friends um, from Buffalo that were going to go. Yeah, so it would have been really fun if it wasn't canceled. But maybe this year it'll it'll go on. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be really cool to just do one one of each, you know, just get that yeah. experience of and the variety too, you know, like that's got to help mentally and training and just the body, you know, overall. Yeah, not doing the same repetitive things all the time. I mean, it's really good to try it because you never know. Like, you might try Highland Games and be like, "Oh my god, I love this so much! Like, I want this to be my sport." <laughs> yeah, like, you and know then we're the Highland Games Club, and you have to come yeah. to class wearing a kilt. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I think it's pretty, um, if you like beer, I think it's like not frowned upon to like enjoy one in between events. Oh, look at that. <laughs> With Highland games. Yeah. I, ha I Plus, haven't been involved uh, in beer in a while, but I could probably be persuaded. I've done a few where it was at like, like, uh, festivals, um, where there's a lot of other, like, um, like Scottish stuff going on vendors and things. And, um, it's it's really a fun time because you you get to do it and it's kind of like you're the entertainment you know oh, <laughs> and cool. people are watching it's it's pretty it's pretty fun and you don't have like I'm not an expert by any means like in Highland Games but um I don't know it's still fun to see people watch if you're strong people be like oh man look how far they threw that <laughs> well it, it sounds like too like like weightlifting is such a structured event you know mm -hmm where it sounds like this is a little more not not laid back but a little more maybe community-based where you show up and it's almost like you're showing up to like a workshop or a seminar mm -hmm. and everyone kind of goes up and does their thing and you can look at that as almost like a demo and then mm -hmm. like they can probably circle back around and be like all right now you're going to go do it and this is how you're going to like like they could teach you while they're doing it too so to say i don't know is that correct yeah i would it's definitely in my opinion much more laid back. I think, um, I think it's okay to, to say that. And there certainly are serious competitors who are trying to qualify for, um, future competitions and things. And I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're taking it very seriously when they are, um, you know, throwing, but also they're also very nice and kind enough that like, if they see someone like very clearly, this is their first or their second, and they don't know what's going, you know, what they're doing really they'll your go kilt, right your kilt them. is on backwards they'll help you yeah like like listen listen kid like you're releasing too early you're not doing this plant that like they'll go right over to you and be like let me help you let's do some practice throws over here like it's it's laid back it's like it's simultaneously laid back and it can be serious um and i do think a lot of times a lot of people who are doing it um maybe it's just they're not necessarily trying to get to the world championships, but they enjoy the sport. They enjoy getting better. They enjoy throwing further. Um, and, you know, 
so it, it's kind of it's not like a tense environment it's 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 camaraderie it's community and it is some strength yeah in there so no i i i'm, I'm interested like i said i think that'd be pretty cool to do yeah. in a calendar year like a little bit of everything you know yep so yeah. maybe maybe we'll try to figure out a way to do that i think that'd be super cool i'd love to do it yeah and yeah. I, I know a guy i know my friend carl <laughs> um I won't commit him to anything, but he's a really nice guy. I bet he would definitely come out and he would teach some stuff. I can teach, but I feel like he would be a better. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, maybe in the spring, in the summer, we can get outside and get a group of people together and, yeah. and throw some stuff and, yeah. and see what interest we got, or at least just learn something new. Yeah. And it can't hurt our weightlifting, right? No, I would say. I would say no. Just don't do it in a muddy field. We don't want. That's the only thing that worries me sometimes throwing in a muddy field and I'm accident prone. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slip, slide, fall. <laughs> so you're, you've done strongman, you've done Highland games. And now yep. recently you've done weightlifting. You yeah. did your first weightlifting meet back on December 12th at the mm -hmm. Christmas and kilos meet hosted by Swaggler strength and strength and performance. Mm -hmm. You snatched 56 kilos, clean and jerked 75 kilos and mm -hmm. set a total of 131. And that total qualified you for the AO uh, Series 1, qualified you for Masters Nationals, and we won a gold medal in your weight class, which is pretty yes. badass. So that's a pretty <laughs> pretty awesome first meet there. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your experience like doing weightlifting for the first time? You've done all these other strength sports. Have mm -hmm. you done, You've done powerlifting too, right? I have done powerlifting, yes. So this this was like one that you hadn't checked off the list yet, weightlifting. Yeah, this I I have I did one before at Albany Strength, but it wasn't like sanctioned or anything and there was no like minute clock or anything like that. It was just kind of like It was just a max out session. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was just like a max out session. I think there was like 20 or 30 of us, but it wasn't So this was this was, was totally the first different. one where we got three refs we got a clock system we got a computer we got the cards on the table yes oh yeah it was none of that none of that yeah no weigh-ins or anything it was it was just lift kind of okay so this was the first real one so what what, so what are your what different. are your impressions of of weightlifting you know the sport the competition you've obviously seen videos online you know of, of like you know probably the world championships and olympics and things like that and nationals but now you're in it. So how does this compare yeah. to other sports? What was your enjoyment? Like, talk to us about it. So I love that it took such a small amount of time to finish. I'm sorry that that was my, <laughs> my favorite takeaway, but I was like, with strongman, it's like, you're there early, you do an event and then you wait like an hour and a half and then another event and then an hour. It's like, things take so long and you're so just like like you can just be warm, cold, warm, cold. This was great. It was so, it was like, you know, exactly when you're going up, like it's all timed. You're in and out. Everything's done in two hours, you know, like warm ups, like everything, like there's equipment for you to warm up. It was just organization, organization, organization. And it was two hours and perfect. And I'm done. I loved it. Does, does weightlifting seem like the, uh, out of the bunch, like the quote type a sport, if you were going to give like a personality to, to each of these sports, weightlifting's the, the very clean organized, mm -hmm. everything's in order. Everything's just so. 
Yeah, I would say by far it's like everything is in its place and it does not deviate. Like this is the way it is and we're not deviating from the schedule and everything is very exact. Um, I've done powerlifting where it was literally the worst experience of my life because it was <laughs> a 14 hour day. Like, you know, you weigh in it, you have to weigh in like at between nine and 10 AM. And then it's like, there was so many lifters that I was there from 9 AM until almost 11 PM. And between that's attempts, to do all three of your lifts, right? Yeah. So yeah, there was like a small like deadlift or bench only or deadlift only session. So there was like a couple hours where it like wasn't my session. But then so we were just kind of like waiting around for ours to start. But once ours started, it was like, oh my God, there's like five flights and I'm in I'm there's like an hour between squat attempts. Like what? Well, like, yeah, I could have now, done for all anyone, of clean and jerk or all of snatch in an hour. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know how the flow of a powerlifting meet works, in let's say flight one, everyone does their first attempt. So, or, or, or everyone does their first attempt and it goes through the order. Then, once everyone's done their first attempt, they bump the weight back down and they adjust everything. And then everyone does their second attempt and it keeps going like that. And then I'm not sure for you guys if they had so many flights just on like uh, different weight classes, like everyone in this weight class does their first attempt and everyone in this class does it. Is that how they, they did it? Yeah, they like, they did like um, <laughs> women, <laughs> women, um, like lighter women or like women with like the lowest um, starting and then like women with higher starting and then it was men. So it was like a couple flights of women and then like a couple flights of men. So that um, already sounds like a nightmare. Um, it was, I mean, you have to do your first attempt and then you have to wait, like you said, an hour to do your second attempt. Yeah, it would, it, that, that's how long it would be. It would be like between attempts, like an hour. And it's just like, oh my God, like I'm not warm anymore. I'm like, yeah. I'm cold guys. Yeah. So it's like, like it's like warm if you're, sets between attempts, like, yeah, how, just, how, I don't even know how you're supposed to do that. I mean, that's something that I've not trained the problem, or looked into. The problem was. The problem was they had 85 lifters in one platform. Oh man. And that should not have happened. They should have, they let too many people register. They should have gotten a second platform. Yeah. But um, they got paid that day. Yeah. <laughs> it has put me off doing powerlifting, even though I know there are much better run shows by better promoters. It has kind of put me off it because I'm just like, I can't get burned twice, guys. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Especially when, I mean, you're lifting serious weights. So it's like, imagine for anyone out there, imagine, you know, you're going to open with a 405 deadlift mm. and then your second attempt is going to be, I don't know, it could even just be 415 or 425, whatever you want, but you've got to wait an hour to do it again, you know, yeah. and then you got to wait another hour after that to do yeah. 450. And it's like, that's really, that's mentally taxing, let alone physically taxing. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it wasn't a fun experience, unfortunately. Um, so it was unfortunate that I picked a terrible promoter and a terrible show to go. All my friends were going. So it was like, we were all like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. But then the promoter, like we didn't know the promoter was going to totally mess up. You were, you were miserable. At least you had a uh, misery had company that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So on so, um, on yeah. the flip side, you know, like you were saying, weightlifting, you might do all three of your snatch attempts back to back and be done in, you know, three, four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like, I love the flow of it. It just, it goes, it goes quickly. You don't have time to really get, I don't know. You don't even have time to like get in your own head about anything. It's like, you know, you have stuff to go. That's it. Um, and I like that, you know, and it's a different level of, of conditioning too, right? Being able, like having to go back and take another lift in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. versus like, it'd be nice if you had five minutes of rest, but you yeah. have to be, you have to be ready to either go again right away, mm-hmm. or you have to wait a couple minutes and then you got two minutes, three minutes of rest. And now you're up again, depending on the size of the session, it might be more than that, you know, but you know, mm-hmm. in weightlifting, sometimes weightlifters get iced or cold if they have to wait 10 minutes between attempts let alone waiting a whole hour you know to do it yeah i don't think it would work too well in this sport to have to wait an hour between attempts yeah no i think that that would you'd need to warm up (laughs) again um in strongman it it's it's not so bad because every movement i don't know it's like so it's like you'll be switching gears like this will be a deadlift this will be like a press this will be like a moving event so it's almost like uh, you got to switch gears and then warm up totally differently. But it is even with strongman, I prefer, and I know some people do not, but I prefer to just go, go, go. I would rather like have less rest and just keep going than have like an hour, an hour and a half. Like, do you it think that that's how from? It is. Do like, you think I that's from go. having a slight CrossFit background where? Like I, I notice a lot of like our CrossFit weightlifters mm-hmm. are much more readily adapted to, oh, I got to go again. No problem. All right. I'll go again mm-hmm. right now. Oh, I, I get no rest at all. No problem. I'll go, I'll go heavier. You know, they're yeah. much more willing to do that. And they're much more prepared versus the people who only do weightlifting are not really able to do that. Or it would be a bigger deal. I mean, like I don't do CrossFit, you know, anymore myself. Mm-hmm even though I have that background, I have the mentality to be able to do that, but mm-hmm. not the physical physicality to do that anymore. You know, but I feel like if I was deep into CrossFit, I might be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think it has a little bit of something to do with it. Like, and I just don't, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just, I just want to like not get it done, but like, I want to keep going. Like I love like, I love it. Like when it's my turn, it's like when that stopwatch goes, when the countdown, like I can go from zero to a hundred in like a second when that stopwatch goes, I'm like, Oh, it's a totally different game. And once I do one event, I'm like, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Like, I just want to keep, I don't know. I just want to keep lifting and I would rather, yeah, I would rather have less rest. Like, I don't want to like take some downtime and think about things too much or I don't know. Well, it's like you did all this training to get there. You don't want to be yeah. sitting around. You want to be going like, hey, yeah. like I, I'm ready for the test. Test me. Let's go. Yeah. It's like, I don't need any more waiting. Like I practice so much for this. I, I know I'm ready for every contingency, you know, and I'm warm. <laughs> like yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> the only things where sometimes you need more, like I would say like sometimes like truck pulls or things like that, where you're just like, then maybe you want to take like a 30 minute rest, but. Even so, then, I don't want more than 30 minutes. What, what did you do at this powerlifting meet between those long breaks? Like, did you re-warm up to your next lift each and every time? Like, how, how did, or did you just wait? 
I just waited um, on some of them. Like I would maybe try to do that, but I was never sure like how long like it was going to be. Like I was always worried, like what if like, you know, what if I'm going to be up? So I just kind of like sat there. If I'm honest, I just kind of like sat there or stood. Mm-hmm. Just watched the uh-huh. competition and just waited yeah. for them to call your name. Yep. And I mean, this was a raw meet. So 100% raw, like you couldn't even wear like knee sleeves in this event. Oh, wow. So I feel like it wasn't as bad as like, if this had been a geared meet, oh my God. You'd have to wait five minutes for those guys to get in their suits to to begin with. Yes. I like, I hate gear only for the one thing. Like I don't like to wear gear because it takes a long time to get in it. And that's annoying to me. I, when I did worlds last year and I had to wear a deadlift suit, I was like, Oh, I hate this. And I know I could have not worn it, but I wanted to like lift more. So it definitely helped me um, on the deadlift lift more and compete with the girls but um I really hated getting in it it was like painful to break it in it took forever to get in it and then what what'd you hit at that that competition oh well for the, for the, the deadlift with the suit on yeah so in training I hit 405 um and this was um that wasn't even like my best deadlift ever but um I was in a lighter weight class so at the competition, I actually missed the 405 um, because I don't know. I had the flu and I could barely breathe. It was a really bad situation. I was hopped up on like caffeine pills, mucinex. I had so much stuff, like just trying to, so I could like have a nostril free because my nostrils were totally blocked. And I was like, Did you try nasal strips? I didn't. I, I, yeah, it was bad. And it was like the first event and I had to put that suit on. And I was like, just really like, when I started chalking up, I think I, I, I don't know if I said this to Rebecca, but I was like, I think I might pass out. <laughs> That's tough when you're, you're chalking up for a lift and you're like, I could either go do this or I could go lay down right now. And either one would be fine. It, it was bad. I didn't sleep at all that night. I had taken Mucinex and just like caffeine to kind of like wake myself up and like make me alert. But like, I was really bad. So I actually, what I was hitting consistently in training the 405, I couldn't, I didn't lift it. I did. It was a barbell um, ladder. So it was like 365, 405, 455. And then I think 505 was the last bar. Okay. So that's like, that's kind of what I was working with. Like, and trust me, there's plenty of ladies. that was like, they were like, boop, 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 505, easy. No problem. Yeah. And then me and my suit and my freaking no, no breathe nostrils couldn't even get 405. It was really, I was really devastated. I was, I was not happy. I just didn't care about anything. I didn't care that I didn't feel good. I didn't care that I, anything I was like, I should have gotten it no excuse like what the heck yeah that I pulled so hard and I like I stood there for it felt like 20 seconds to me of it like at my knees and I'm just like finish it finish 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 and I couldn't it's a very frustrating thing on a deadlift when it just yeah. won't go past that certain sticking yeah. point 
So that was a bummer. Yeah. Well, back to the drawing board, you know, you, you yeah. went back to training and, and now, you know, right now, currently we're training pretty heavily for weightlifting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you joined the barbell club in the fall. We did that meet in December Yep. and we're moving past, you know, that, that injury you're at 95%. And we recently just had, you know, this past month, two weeks ago, a, a pretty awesome performance, an amazing performance with the January online qualifier, because mm-hmm. we were trying to qualify for the 2021 virtual world masters championships. The uh, masters world championships was supposed to be happening in Japan, of course, because of COVID, they've moved it to be an online meet. And we wanted to see if we could hit that total. So in December, you did 131 for mm-hmm. a total first weightlifting event ever yep, and, or official weightlifting event ever. And we needed to hit 139, I believe, yep. to qualify for the World Masters Championships. And on that day, we uh, we just went all out. We went ham and, and we did it. We did it. Yeah. You snatched 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. which was officially cool. recorded as 61 kilos. You clean and jerked 173 pounds, which was officially recorded as 69 kilos. And that gave us the 140 70, total. 79, right? 79. No, there we go. 79. <laughs> yep. 79. And that gave us the 140 total that we needed. So we were, yep. we, we got an extra bonus kilo out of it to qualify. Yeah. yeah. I was, I mean, I wanted to do it and I felt like I could do it, but I was just like, it's always the question of, I have the ability, but can I, can I do it that day? Like yeah. the camera starts rolling. Like when you say lift, like, can you, can you convert? Can you, can you do it? So I was really happy that I, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, like, you know, we we're at the gym. We, get to me. we made it legit. And for these online qualifiers, you have to film the lift. And it has to have a timestamp on the video that says the date, the time, the location, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And after the lift, you have to go up to the barbell, strip it down and film all the plates and state what weight is on the bar. So we did everything to a T and you held on to the weight and I gave you the down signal and we thought the lifts were good. So we sent them off to USA Weightlifting. We had a weigh-in too, where we had to film the weigh-in mm-hmm. and we got the news back that we had, we had qualified, which is, it's always a stressful couple, two weeks yeah. waiting to get the results back. That is the one thing I'm not used to yet for these qualifiers. Cause I want to know right away. I want to know if I submit it right now, yeah. I want someone to watch that video and I want to know right away, but you did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It was nerve wracking. Cause I was like, normally when you lift, it's like, they say, you know, three white lights or you get the red lights. And it was just like, did I get like, I just like the, I need the official. I got it. Like, yeah. If they turn it down for some reason. Well, yeah, the, your, um, I think I can't remember if it was your snatch or your clean jerk video. Like after you dropped it, you, you said, you said, did I get it? I think I, I wonder if I got it. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I don't say anything. Like don't, don't put doubt or into the, yeah. the ref's head. I totally forgot the video was still rolling. We had to show the weights. Cause like I did it in my wrist, like, cause of, I've had been having that wrist pain. My wrist, like moved in a certain way and I'm like ah and I was worried that that like would be interpreted as something but yeah. I watched it and I was like no it was no it, it was solid and solid. that that 135 snatch was the heaviest you had snatched in the last nine years right yeah I haven't yeah I haven't gone anywhere even near that and the, the other big thing is so like 
the last like when I did that pseudo Olympic meet like I power snatched because I just didn't I just didn't have the confidence or like I just didn't have it in me to like squat snatch like I just didn't have the confidence to do that and so all these that I've been doing in competition have been squat snatches and I've forced myself to like fully go below parallel like I'm not going to power snatch it has to be a full snatch um that was kind of a big deal too because last time while I had intended to do that I like totally chickened out like it at, was at Christmas and kilos like, um no at that meet before oh at Christmas and kilos I didn't go very deep I feel like but we were like middle of the road yeah it was middle of the road but like I was I was committed to it but that other one that was like oh my god no it was like absolute like not even close. It was like a CrossFit Metcon, really high power. Yeah. Like barely any kind of bend in the hip at all. But now I feel like more confidence. That was like, that's a huge stepping stone for me. Yeah. And I mean, we, to be confident, we've been working on that a lot in training, you know, with just the different exercises we're working on in the programming on just getting you to keep going deep. Your flexibility is improving a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the overhead squats we've been doing. And then when we snatch right after that, you're meeting the same positions. And when we first started, you had a very pitched forward catch position. The hips were shooting back really mm-hmm. far and you were kind of, it was almost like a low bar squat, you know, type of yeah. squat position. And now we've gotten you way more upright. And I imagine your, your hip and back healing is helping that too. Yeah, I think, um, I think definitely like having the low back, feeling better is is lending better to to getting deeper um with my ankle my my main barrier I feel like my hips aren't super flexible I feel like but my ankle is really unflexible because I had that surgery and the injury and all that and that holds me back a little bit so I just I know I can get it it just it takes it's gonna take a little time yeah kind of get that more flexible again um, cause in strongman, you don't really need that flexibility. Like it's not, you can get around it. Yeah. Especially with the way the implements are, you know, like a stone, you can just set your feet up a certain way and mm-hmm. scoop it up. You know, it's not like a barbell, which yeah. is a little more rigid and actually requires you to be in a very specific position. Yeah. And like arms overhead, like I feel like in the snatch when my, my arms are overhead, it's harder to be deep when you also have like where the weight is above you in your arms. So I feel like that also lends like, it's like, cause I can get deep into a squat, but my chest is like parallel to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Which in strongman, again, sometimes you almost want that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like the confidence is going through the roof just in training this past week, you did 125 pounds for a triple, mm-hmm. which is a kilo over what you finished Christmas in kilos with mm-hmm. that, like 56 kilos. It's like what, around 125 pounds or so. Yeah. It's like 123. Yeah. So the... that was, that's where we finished that competition. And that at the time, just in December was the upper limit. And then right mm-hmm. after that, you've just been on a tear in training on pause position lifts. I've, I've mentioned a, a bunch of your PRs on previous mm-hmm. past podcast solo shows, but like, you've just been, PRing left and right, really just crushing that upper fifties area for Mm -hmm. multiple reps, for multiple drills. 
And I think pretty soon, like by the time we get to the Masters World Championships, we're going to be breaching that 130 mark. Like, like we're, 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 we're right at the gates and we're about mm-hmm. to storm the city. Like we're just chipping yeah. away at it and it's going to happen really, really soon. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I'm kind of pushing into a, like a, the next section of like where I'm at. I don't know. I just, my confidence is much better with the snatch now it's, it's getting better day by day. And I just feel like little by little, I'm finding where problems in my technique are and kind of correcting them. So I feel like I'm excited for not between now and May, what I can like continue to do. Cause I feel like the better I hone in the technique almost like the, the more I'm going to lift. Cause I feel like the strength is there a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's the technique that lags. And especially being able to commit to your technique, mm-hmm. like being, being able to hit these lifts with that deep squat position, especially on the snatch was huge for this online qualifier. And, and really it was, it, it was either do it or we don't qualify. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think you could have powered 135 and, and get like, no. we had to get deep. And really in the last couple of weeks, you've been getting deeper. So I think, you know, we have a practice meet coming up in March mm-hmm. and we can also do other qualifiers or just do our own little practice qualifier or, or whatnot mm-hmm. to prepare for worlds. But the more you get practice committing to your full technique, that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be huge come the big day. And, and when, when you get onto an actual competition platform again. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes back to like, if you don't compete, you don't know that feeling because when I stepped out in December onto that platform, like I've competed before and like, I've been in front of people. So like, I felt like I knew how I would be like when competition time came, but it, it is different in a different sport. There is a, just a different feeling. So that I feel like the more I do it, the less it's going to kind of phase me because you just like the spotlight's totally on you Yeah. You know, when you're out there and everything's quiet. Like the, the energy is different and, um, and you're just, you're kind of alone with your technique. Yeah. <laughs> like so you you're saying to... that, so the energy is different in weightlifting versus strongman versus strongman yeah. is probably a little more rowdy. There's more people on the field going at the same time versus weightlifting. It was very quiet, even though there, yeah. I think there was some Christmas music in the background and it's yeah, all I think on they, you. They did. Yeah. Like with strongman, they'll be blasting whatever music people will be like, there's no silence. Everyone's just going like nuts the whole time, especially if you're doing something and like you're, you're doing it very well or you're working really hard and like people want you to get that rep. They'll just be going absolutely crazy with with this, it was more like quiet. Um, everyone was, it's kind of like golf, like don't make any sudden movements. Don't <laughs> move. Like, like she's going to do it guys. Everybody watch. Yeah. You know? Everyone holds their breath. Yeah. And then also the other thing, I mean, I kind of like it. Like you have that clock and it's like, Oh, there's your clock. And like, I didn't look at the clock even once. It was like, I walked up there at 55 seconds. I did my little routine and I went, I knew I was going to not miss the time, but like that clock, like ticking down in your face, like, Oh, you only have this many seconds left. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's slipping like away. Throw you off. How, if you weren't like used to it. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like in strongman, when 
there's just nonstop noise and energy and everyone's going nuts. You can really funnel that into your performance yeah. and use that. How at Christmas and kilos, how, how did you internally like use that same kind of energy or, or, or rally yourself when there's really nothing that the room isn't giving you anything. So mm -hmm. how, how did you hype up and motivate yourself to do your lifts? Um, I just, I kind of use the same kind of internal, you know, dialogue that I use for strongman. Um, but it was like, you were watching, Mike was watching in my mind. Like, I didn't really even need you to say anything in my mind. I just, I like you, I knew what you were saying in your own, like silently in your brains, you're cheering in thought, even though it wasn't out loud and like, just like looking at you guys and like, oh yeah. Okay. So we're all like intense, intently watching you squinting yeah. and you're just reading the eyes in the room because you yeah, can't I'm see our like, mouths either. You can only see our eyes because of the mask. Yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, <laughs> they're excited. Like they're hyping me up. I can't hear it, but I know it's happening. Like, yeah. So like that, just like, I don't know. And then I, I will say for me, I know when I compete, um, I feel like some people when all eyes are on you, it's like it makes you nervous and like it, it can freak some people out for, for me, I've learned it, it, it doesn't, the more eyes that are on me, actually the, the better sometimes I think I perform because I'm like, Oh yeah, they're watching cool. better make this perfect. Yeah. Like, no, that's, like, that's coaches that's watching. Got to make it perfect. What that, I mean, like it's, um, I, I can, I can say yes internally, like, I am like, like cheering you guys on and whatnot. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'll hold my breath when you guys go to lift, just, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just do it. I'll, I'll just go, I'll just take in some air and hold it and I'll tense muscles. And then I, I feel exhausted after the lift. Cause I wasn't breathing during your minute clock. I was just holding my breath filming, but that's also why in training, when you guys are going for big lifts, you know, it's fun to get the video. Cause then we can post it on the Instagram page and show off, you know, how well you guys are doing it. And also you guys have something that you can show other people or just like look back on memories. I think that's a cool thing. Yeah. Have videos, but it's also like, I feel like it changes the lift a little bit where I'll announce, Hey everybody, cat's going for a PR mm -hmm. that changes the, 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 the air in the room a little bit. Now I'm, I'm drawing, trying to draw everyone's eyes to you and your you've done competitions, you're used to it, but a lot of people in the room aren't, you know, you'll mm -hmm. see people when I do that and they're like, no, don't, don't say, you know, don't announce it. I don't want people yeah. watching me, but I don't care. Cause like, I know you have to get used to this. You have exactly. to get used to having eyes on you. So now you have a camera on you, you have eyes on you. And also, you know, I, I like to think that everyone wants to have their video posted, you know, or at least most people yeah. have told me that. So it's like, there's, it just changes it. And you're going to, I think, put more into that lift, knowing that this mm -hmm. is going to get posted. You want to make it look good. You want to make it period. Plus all your teammates are watching. They're cheering mm -hmm. you on. If you're going for, you know, a challenging set on triples or doubles, you hit that first one and then you go to get set up and everyone's like, all right, let's go cat. Come on. You got a cat. It just yeah. changes everything. I feel. Yeah. I don't know that, that 125 triple, like, I don't know if I would have gotten that. If, like, the eyes were on me. I don't know. Like if I, if it was just a gym lift, if I was just alone in the gym, you know, would I have gotten that? I don't know. Like, because 
I don't know, you were watching, it just like, it meant more to get it. I don't know, like, I don't know, like I wanted it more. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, well, that's what I'm trying to do when yeah. we get to that point in, in the session. I, 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 and you're in the back of the room. So like, every, like no, everyone's got their backs to you other than people to your left and your mm -hmm. right. So it could be so easy to like hit the first two and then, you know, kind of get the next one. Triples suck. Your legs are on fire. You're breathing a little heavy. You know, you're, you're thinking about that last rep and you, you don't know if you can get it. But mm -hmm. now when everyone turns around and they're all watching you and you know, too, you get that lift. Now the next person's like, shit, I got to get my lift. Like Kat just got that lift. She just fought for that lift. And it's almost mm -hmm. too like you're showing them, hey, go after that third rep. Yeah. Versus, you know, no one's watching anything. I think every single time someone's going for PR in the club, it's a learning experience for everyone in the room. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because when I stepped up to that bar, um, I, I was like, you know what, Kat, you're, you're, you probably don't got it in the tank, but hey, and just give it whatever, just send it. And I got it. And I was like, yes, but I don't know. I feel like if you weren't watching, I would have maybe stepped up to that bar. I'm like, well, you're probably not going to get it, but just give it a go. Try, you know, but I wouldn't have been like, I don't know, as gung ho. Yeah. Or maybe I would be, I am kind of competitive sometimes. And I, I don't know, <laughs> even well, with myself. Yeah. I, either way, it's good to practice that. Good and practice, that's, yeah. that's the only way we can practice that type of of aspect of the sport other than when mm -hmm. we do practice meets or actually do meets, you know, the only way we can practice the eyes on you portion of it is to have the entire rest of the team watch you do this. Yeah. And now it's, it's not, now you're used to eyes being on you. And I, I truly feel it makes it easier when you go to a meet and you, you know, and then your teammates are there. Now the same eyes are on you, you know, like, Oh, well, this yep. is, this is normal. I'm, I'm used to this. Yeah versus if you're like a lifter that trains all by yourself and you don't have eyes on you, it might throw you off if you haven't done enough weightlifting meets. If it's like your first or mm -hmm. second weightlifting meet, that's, oh, yeah. that's going to weigh on you way more than it should. Yeah. Yeah. When I was training by myself for like strongman, I would always have the camera on me and like, it doesn't even necessarily, I wouldn't post the videos but like just having the camera on me, knowing it was being recorded was kind of like having eyes on me um, when like I was basically just training by myself. So I definitely think it's a good thing, especially more so for weightlifting to, to have that pressure on you because you need to kind of normalize that, that you can't let that get to you. Yep. You know? Yeah. And I try to do it, you know, like we, we have some new people in the barbell club and I'll come running up to them with the camera and then I'll <laughs> say, hey you know, such and such is going for, for big lift right now. And you'll see them right away. They're like, no, no. And they shake their head. And you know what they, because of this attention that I'm drawing and whatnot, mm -hmm. I realize too, I might be blowing up their spot. They might miss the lift because of this, but yeah. they're fully capable physically of making that lift. Uh, they have to be able to make the lift under the pressure that I'm providing now. So it's like, that's like, it may not seem like I'm coaching, but I am, I'm coaching when, when I do that, like, I'm not just, I'm not just announcing to the room that this person who just joined the barbell club is going for this big lift just because, you know, right. I'm, I'm trying, this is the only way for me to teach you what this feels like right now, because if I never do that and we go to a meet and you're in your singlet for the first time and they call your name that mm -hmm. when they call your name, that's the same thing as me saying, 
hey, everybody, Cat's going for a PR. When yep. they say Catherine Toniati Yanlovich, first attempt, uh, you know, 100 kilos is loaded on the bar, that's something that can throw you off. So, like, yeah, like I said before, it's the only way I can, I can, I can do it in our training session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I really like it. I think that's great. Um, I'm glad that you do that. <laughs> and maybe at some point we'll progress to just live streaming every training session. <laughs> I'll just have the tripod up and we'll just let people watch us in real time train, you know, and we'll just, we'll just post them up there. And then, then they, then they can see everything. They can see the lifts. They can see, it'll be like a reality show. You know, I'll like, they'll see everyone gang up on Shaf, you know, when he, when he misses a lift or even when he makes a lift. I don't know. It's kind of hard for him to make moves, you know, in the room, but that's what you get for being in the center spot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to like set some PRs again. I like, I like the triple. I was like, yeah, it's a real PR. He can record me. I feel like a lot of times you're like, Oh, is this a PR? And like, I have to be like, no, (laughs) I was injured and I used to be way better. (laughs) Well, I've like, we just got 125 for three. So yeah. next week we're going for, for, for doubles hitting 130 for a double, I think is huge. Yeah. That <laughs> and would then, be big. Bless I don't you. know if I've ever done that. Probably. And then, not. and then who knows? I mean, we hit 130 for a double and then we go for 135 for a double. That would be huge, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. since we've been slowly ramping thing up, things up throughout the weeks. We just hit 135 for the first time mm-hmm. in nine years, mm-hmm. hitting it for a double you know, three weeks later would be, it's not even out of the realm of possibility. Like if I'm yeah. going to post the, the, your triple pretty soon here. And it's like that 125 was really easy. Like it, it probably didn't feel like that, but like when you watch it, you're like, man, mm-hmm. you destroyed 125 pounds. It, that is. It was crazy because I've done them with the pauses where like your legs are just, oh, I'm done. Like my legs are, they won't push. But this never felt like that. I was not like my legs were never what I was worried. I was worried I wouldn't hit the proper positions that I wouldn't pull it, you know, uh, up far enough that I would like kind of try to pull under too soon and that I wouldn't get deep enough. Um, Like my legs were the last thing I was kind of thinking of, which I feel like was kind of good and which I feel like means I can do a lot more. Yeah. I'm hoping. No, I think that is good. I mean, I know. I've had some lifts where you pull and you feel your legs first thing. Mm. And then you're like, Oh no, I don't know how, how this is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. No training is going great. So I'm, I'm, it's great to have you in the room. It's great to, you know, have you mixing up with the team and we're making great progress. We're going to keep training for the virtual world Mm -hmm. masters championships coming up here. And we're going to get more practice competition settings under our belt. Mm-hmm. And we'll be ready for that when it comes around. So excited for that. Yeah. We, uh, we said in our, our registration and everything, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of nice to be done with that, you know, and yeah. just have that all behind us and be qualified. I got to say, I was cursing out weight last night, like not literally, but like my mom, like weightlifting, what the hell, what is with this sport? Why can't I just buy this registration and no it was like no you got to take this hour and a half course I'm like oh yeah. weightlifting why yep hey remember <laughs> weightlifting is the type a sport so once I you know. qualify you've got to do the usada training then you have to do the safe yep. sport training 
then you can pay your registration and then they're going to send you an access code that will allow mm -hmm. you to sign up for the actual competition. Yep. And they're going to want uh, probably a paragraph on why you think you should be in this competition, like a job interview. It's Oh, are you serious? Most no, I'm joking. I'm joking about that. <laughs> okay, because that sounded like something they might do. <laughs> yeah. Is there a chance that I won't get an access code and they'll be like, no, you're it, not. Well, they, they only take a certain number of athletes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like up to five or 10 for each weight class in each age group. So it just okay. goes like by like some sort of lottery that I don't understand because okay. it, it seemingly changes all the time. And they're always updating things, but I, I think, I think we'll be okay. I mean, we'll find out okay. next week, I imagine. So okay. let's put positive energy in the universe yeah. on, on this show. And they did, they changed the registration deadline on us. That's the other thing. Yeah. So like that, they've been doing that a lot because they just did it with the AO. So here, yeah. here's a, this, here's a gripe for USA weightlifting. You know, like this says right in the master's nationals registration thing this deadline will not be extended capital yes. letters capital letters so yes. we thought we had to be qualified by the 31st the january qualifier ended yesterday like on the 30th yeah. so the the deadline to register would have been you know oh actually no the deadline to register would have been on the 30th the qualifier ends on the 31st so we would have had to wait to get our results in february and the deadline to register for worlds would have been passed right. already yeah so we contacted USA Weightlifting and we're like, hey, if we do the qualifier, will someone be able to watch these videos and let us register if, if we pass? And they're like, yeah, but you have to be able to do it. You know, like, don't don't give us a week to do it. You know, so we bumped up our timeline mm -hmm. and we did your qualifier on January 17th. Unbeknownst yep. to us, on the 16th, they extended the deadline. So we like, you know, we were going to do it on like the weekend of the 23rd or 4th or something like that. Yeah. The so we, bumped our, yeah. we bumped ourselves up, had to make sure we were ready. We still did it, but like, mm -hmm. and I'm glad, I, I am glad we got it done early, but also it's like, there was no like indication that they did that. Like a Facebook post, or I mean, Instagram post doesn't tell all of us that the deadline's been bumped forward. Yeah. I feel like everyone should have gotten an email, like a USA weightlifting email. Oh, Oh, let me tell you, they did send an email on January 11th, right? And you said they extended on the 16th. Yep. On January 11th, I sent you a screenshot of that. They said the deadline to register in bars is the 29th and the deadline to register for Worlds is the 30th. This deadline will not be extended, yeah. old letters. <laughs> and that, that was five days before they extended it. <laughs> Yeah, it's see, it's it's crazy. And then when you went to register, it said that the registration was going to end at some point in December because the registration form was for Japan, so they hadn't updated the dates and stuff. Yeah, on, on it that. said so it said like the you like you could register in bars until February something, and I'm like, oh okay, um, but then it said that the qualifying period ended on December 10th, meaning what I just did was in January. So it wouldn't qualify me for this year. So then I'm like, Oh my God, like, so what's going on? I thought like, I thought this was extended. So like they changed one part of it, but they didn't update the other part of it. Yeah. But then I went to the main site and I, it says it's the qualifying period ends February 15th, 2021. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like, yeah. I so hope what, that's right. 
So what what we're saying is that the lack of communication makes yes. early people who prepare early and register for things early and try to qualify and plan out a timeline because we're we're very organized with what we're doing. It makes our life more difficult when yeah. the day before we we're going to do the qualifier because we bumped it up based off of what you told us. Yeah. Is we we wouldn't have had to have done that, but it all worked out. It all worked out. Yeah. And in my defense, like I would have did this way, way, way earlier, except I didn't start weightlifting again until like November 1st. So that's right. Yeah. So you've only got, (laughs) you've only got three months under your belt and we're qualified and we got some big goals coming up. So we'll just keep chipping away at that. Yeah. It feels good to compete. I needed something. I was like spiraling. I was just really depressed. Like uh, you know, I no strongman competitions. Can't really train strongman. It's too strenuous. Can't deadlift. I was like, I was like, but I feel pretty good. Like, it's the other thing. Like when you wait till you're ready. I was like, if I wait till I am 100% and I have no aches or pains, no bumps or bruises, nothing, I'll never lift again because I'll never feel 100% like yeah, again. Maybe it's not realistic. It's not. It's not realistic. I just have to be very, very diligent, make sure I don't have any pain and just keep doing all the things I've been doing to keep myself healthy. And it's been, it's been good. I've been really yeah. happy. It's like the other day in Barbell Club on Friday, you know, um, I was sitting down, normally I'm standing <laughs> waiting for, you know, I was sitting down, Miguel oh, yeah. was on the floor, Renee was on the floor. Everyone was just kind of sitting in the room, just kind of staring at one another and looking at the floor. And I just told you guys, I'm like, this is life now. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to coach from this chair. Like I'm actually, what I want is like a rolly chair that I can <laughs> just push with my feet and roll over to each of you guys. And you can keep a lane, you know, free of plates so I can go back and forth. I need to find a way to not have to move in barbell club. <laughs> oh yeah. You need like a, like a hoverboard, but like yeah. with a seat. God, I imagine. Ooh, get a hover around. No. Yeah, there we go. It's too big. So, yeah. yeah. So you, you mentioned, you know, that's how you felt not being able to compete and being injured mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That kind of brings me to my my final question for you here today to kind of round out our, competi- our, our conversation. Next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, is going to be National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Mm-hmm. And I messaged you and a lot of other ladies and girls in the club. And I asked a question and I said, how has sport impacted your life? So Kat, how has sport, you've done all these different sports. Mm-hmm. How has strongman, highland games, powerlifting, weightlifting, strength sports, everything, how has it impacted your life? Yeah, I mean, that's, there's so much I could say. Um, it just, the, the main thing when I first got into it, the biggest thing is like my relationship with my, my own body and how I kind of perceived it. Um, it just, it made me value kind of what I could do more than what I looked like. And it kind of, I've always wanted to be strong. I've always kind of like looked up to that. I mean, I was a fan of strongman before I ever touched a barbell. Um, so it kind of like fulfilled this desire that I had to do this. And it, it gave me a feeling of strength 
um, you know, within myself that I feel like because I felt strong in the gym, I felt like I could do kind of anything in any other aspect of my life. So it gave me confidence and it kind of helped erase a lot of body issues that I had with myself. Um, definitely, I, it hasn't gone away totally, but it has definitely given me more appreciation for what I can do um, with my body than kind of like what it looks like or what people perceive me looking like. Um, and that's a, that's a big thing because, um, I had a really poor body image before strength sports, very poor, <laughs> um, on the level of like eating disorder kind of. Mm -hmm. So this kind of gave me, it, it, it definitely gave me a movement towards health, I think mentally and physically for sure. I think that's a powerful message. And yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, men or women, boys or girls can relate mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's just very interesting to hear, you know, how sport of any kind impacts different people's lives. And I think it's also interesting to see the overlap, how, you know, it, it we all share those similarities on how we're affected by these activities. Mm -hmm. And it just shows you the value of being involved in it. And at least just being involved in the community of it yeah. in some capacity. Yeah, it is. And I think um, the other thing, it, it kind of took me a while to realize this, but when you're, when you're doing a sport, there's a lot of things that you, you need to do to be better in sport and to be a better athlete. And that carries over to every aspect of your life. Like, um, you know, when you're working towards a goal, just to have like integrity with yourself in what you're doing, you know, when you say, you know, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, three times a week, you know, you have to kind of live up to those expectations you set for yourself, but that's not just in the gym. That's kind of like in every aspect of your life. And it teaches you, I just think it teaches you so much. Um, when you, when you're doing sports, it just teaches you so much that you don't realize carries over into everything. And I feel like becoming a better athlete's made me a better person. So. Made you stronger, more confident, mm -hmm. maybe yeah. more outgoing, uh, willing to take risk mm -hmm. and the way you, maybe you perceive challenges too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like with, with challenges and, and, and sport, uh, I don't know. I just love it. It's like, there's like never ending, like nothing is ever enough, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think maybe that is kind of good in life. You always want to look for the next thing that you want to do. You know, you never want to kind of be idle, just kind of doing the same thing. You always yeah. want to kind of try to better yourself, whatever it is that you're doing. doesn't matter. Well, the, the example that comes to my, my mind is a heavy deadlift, you mm -hmm. know, when it won't go, the answer is no, no, <laughs> you, you can't do it. No, it's not going to happen. There's it's very, it's the most black and white thing ever in the gym. It's just, it's mm -hmm. not like, at least like maybe on a bench press, you can ride it down to your chest and think you have a hope and then maybe move it a little bit or it gets stuck or like a back squat. You can at least ride it down a snatch. Mm -hmm. You can miss out in front of you, you know, all these other things you can get moving, but when the weight is too heavy, it just doesn't budge. It's just mm -hmm. immovable. And I think how you react to that, you know, and yep. learn how to react to that is very important and you can exactly. funnel that into life when yep. when the answer is no how do you react and how do you get better yeah 
Exactly. That's that's a great example. Awesome. So. Well, Kat, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It's been great to have you on. You will be back again probably very shortly. I just got to, again, you know, get in contact with Brock Lesnar and right. maybe his agent. It's probably Paul Heyman, right? <laughs> talk to Paul Heyman. See, uh, see if Brock can come on Barbell Jeopardy. Uh, any oh, closing man. words, thoughts, advice for the listener, anything at all that you want to say? Man, I feel like maybe like the theme is like, just guys, whatever you're thinking of doing, like if you have an interest in something, um, especially like strength sport related, maybe you've been watching weightlifting or strongman or Highland games. And you're like, man, I'd love to do that. Forget about, I'd love to do that. Do it. The internet has everything. It has every piece of information you could ever want. Whatever you have always hoped or wished you could do, you can do it. Just start doing it. And then before you think you're ready, compete. It, you will not regret it. You will ne- there'll never be a time you look back in your life in 50 years and be like, man, I wish I had never started doing that sport and competed impossible you 100 you'll regret it go for it that's 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 my takeaway whatever whatever you think you wanted to do that you're not doing just do it that's it just do it awesome i i that's words of wisdom right there not sponsored by nike yeah (laughs) yeah just just do it well hey it's uh it's time to get off the bench right it's time to get off the bench it's time to stop yeah. watching and to start doing. I, I like it. Just just start. Yeah. I I spent years like wishing I could do something. And then when I finally did it, I was like, why did I wait so long? Yeah. There's every person with anything you can think of, even not sport related. People are always regretful of the things they did not do. Not something that they they did do. Well, well. Perhaps- Unless, unless unless it's criminal activity yeah yeah <laughs> to, to a point uh caveat criminal activity is not covered under this please do not do crimes thank you yep there we go all right now we've covered all of our bases awesome <laughs> i think that's fantastic advice that we can all like even if you are a doer right now yeah. i'm sure there are some aspects of your life that you don't always do and mm-hmm. you can still apply this this philosophy to that's right awesome yep. Well, Kat, thanks for coming on. Where can people follow you? So I am on Instagram. It's at Strong Caddy. All right. At Strong Caddy. We can see lifts. Are you are you posting lifts on there and stuff like that? I haven't. I haven't posted anything. Hey, I, we got... I, have I posted any? Let me look. I don't think I've posted any weightlifting stuff yet. Hey, post it up. Let, let the fans see. I mean, like, you can see a lot of cats lifting on Albany CrossFit Barbell Club's Instagram mm-hmm. page, but I think we need to see some strong caddy stuff too. You know, like uh, maybe some things from the vault, you know, and and post some of those videos up there. Like like I I, I try to send them to all you guys so you guys can repost them if you want. Like let let people see, right. motivate people. Maybe I'll do that that triple. Like I'm so bad with posting. I just um, if it's not like a PR or some kind of like you know, stupid human tricks kind of thing, like a yeah. strong man. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, people don't care. People, don't, people aren't really like that big a fan of me. Like they don't want hey, a random gym lift. You never know. It might, it might encourage that one person who happens to be mm-hmm. scrolling by to start. You never know. You never know your role in someone else's journey. Truly, you know, that's true. 
That's true. All right, I'm gonna start posting some weightlifting stuff for Boom. for there my adoring, for my five hundreds of adoring fans. Hey, all right, there we go. All <laughs> right, well, Kat, thanks again for coming on. Make sure if you're listening that you follow the Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Follow me, James A. McDermott, on Instagram, and we'll talk to you all again very, very soon.